Good to have you with us here on The Takeaway today. I'm Todd Zwillick, and let's talk healthcare now. We're doing it all this week because the American healthcare system seems like a mess. All this week, our friends at the WNYC Health Desk explore the choices that made American healthcare what it is today. For all the controversy over Obamacare and the individual insurance market, that's not where most Americans get their coverage, not even close. So let's go to Texas. Texas has oil. Texas has the Houston Astros. And Texas is also a big part of the reason why 180 million Americans get their health insurance at work. So how did we end up with this system where employers help cover the cost of health care for most of us who are under 65? WNYC's Christopher Johnson says that story goes back nearly a century. It's the winter of 1929. Central Texans were noticing how unusually warm things had been, especially since it was just a few days before Christmas. And then it snapped. An Arctic front hit the region, sending the mercury into a 40-degree freefall. That's where we meet Alma Dixon. So Alma Dixon was a schoolteacher in Dallas, Texas. Nancy Toms is a historian of American health care. She says Alma Dixon stepped on an icy patch of sidewalk. And she fell on the ice and broke her ankle. Alma went to see her doctor, who explained she'd need to get a cast for her broken ankle. But Alma made things clear when she reportedly insisted to him... I can't go to the hospital because hospitals were getting really expensive. Well, in the 1910s and 20s, hospitals were really just emerging as the modern hospital that we think of today. That's Melissa Thomason, an economic historian. She says medical care was evolving radically in the first decades of the 20th century. Antibiotics had finally shown up. Medical schools were revolutionizing. Physicians started to be trained in hospitals and started to have a very hospital-centered practice beginning in about 1910. With all these new, well-trained doctors, plus better drugs and technology, more and more Americans were changing their minds about where to go when they got sick. But as hospital quality improved, the price tag went up too. In the roaring 20s, more and more people started being treated in hospitals, And by the end of the decade, people were starting to associate hospitals with not only higher cost, but also really variable cost. A person could probably afford a physician's visit, but it could take them a couple years to pay a hospital bill. And when patients don't pay their medical bills, hospitals go broke. That's basically the situation lots of hospitals were finding themselves in in the 1920s, including Baylor University Hospital in Dallas. An administrator named Justin Kimball saw that Baylor was struggling. By the late 20s, the hospital was barely hanging on. Two-thirds of its beds were empty, and Baylor was a million and a half dollars behind in construction debt alone. So Kimball had an idea. What he said is that if people pay a little bit every month, and on average, if both healthy and sick people paid it, that would be enough to cover the hospital bills for those people who needed to go to the hospital. And the way that they made sure that both healthy and sick people bought it was sell it to groups of workers as a benefit. Kimball first went after Dallas school teachers, enrolling more than 1,300 of them by mid-December. They each agreed to pay about 50 cents a month, which covered things like rooms, meals, nursing, and casts. Alma Dixon was one of the teachers who'd already signed up. The Dallas public school system realized the wisdom of investing in an employee benefit. In this case, it was prepaid hospital care. Again, healthcare historian Nancy Toms. 
So she had been paying in, her employer had been paying in, there was a fund there to take care of Alma's ankle. A big part of what's significant about Alma's story is that this is employer-based health insurance. And it was very popular in the United States because it was seen as an alternative to government involvement, to socialized medicine. Inspired by Baylor's success with this prepayment, employment-based insurance model, the idea spread, first across the region, then the country. Similar plans popped up in Durham, D.C., Philadelphia, and Cleveland. And the one guy who managed to pull all these plans together under one roof. Oh, Rufus Roram. Talk about an unsung warrior in the history of American healthcare. Um, but it's Rufus Roram who is the glue that kind of allows for this original idea coming out of uh, Dallas hospitals to become a blueprint for a national movement. Roram saw all the disparate plans across the country. And in 1937, he helped the American Hospital Association write a single set of standards for members and providers and merge the plans into one name, Blue Cross. Employer-based insurance got an even bigger boost in the next decade. The fighting finale to knock out Germany rages throughout Italy. The U.S. enters World War II, and what happens is wartime production is increasing, and firms need workers to produce all the things that they're manufacturing. Employers try raising wages to attract labor, but Congress fears that will cause inflation. So it passes a wage cap. Firms then realize that the only way they could attract workers was by offering fringe benefit packages. I might not be able to pay a worker a higher salary, but I can offer them increasingly generous benefits. One of the most popular benefits was health insurance. The IRS did its part to nudge things along. In 1943, the agency decided to make employer-sponsored health care totally tax-free. Other changes to the tax code over the next decade or so fueled a big jump in coverage. It grew dramatically in the 1940s. And in 1940, about 9% of Americans have some form of health insurance coverage, most of them Blue Cross. By the early 1950s, over 60% of the U.S. had health insurance coverage. And Thomason says we got almost all of that insurance through our jobs. So here we are today, almost 2018, in a system that splits us mostly in two. Those who get Medicare and Medicaid and those whose bosses cover their insurance. Which can lead to a situation known as job lock, where employees are scared to leave their jobs because they don't want to lose their health care. Honestly, job lock is a concern. Maybe you work for a big company now, but you'd love to start your own business. But you're afraid to quit your job because you wouldn't be able to afford insurance. And that kind of thing is actually detrimental to the economy. Some research indicates that the Affordable Care Act has been especially freeing to millions of parents, older workers, entrepreneurs, and people with disabilities. That's because marketplace plans offer yet another avenue for those people to get insurance. But efforts to gut the ACA could change that, which has some analysts worried that millions of Americans will feel stuck in a century-old system where the quality of their health care depends solely on their jobs. For The Takeaway, I'm Christopher Johnson. Christopher Johnson is a reporter at WNYC's Health Desk. Tomorrow, we explore prescription drugs and just how they got so expensive. For more information or to listen to the other stories from the series, Your Healthcare, What Happened?, you can visit the website at thetakeaway.org slash healthcare.
Well, we're looking at the American healthcare system all this week on The Takeaway. Today, that weird quirk of American healthcare, why so many Americans get their coverage through work. And we wanted to know, have you ever turned down a new job or a new opportunity because of health insurance? This is Emily from Mount Holly, New Jersey. I received a job offer from a major company, but who is looking to hire contractors instead of full-time employees in order to not pay them full benefits, which included health care. I would have gladly accepted their position, but with no benefits, I couldn't take the risk and actually wound up finding a job which paid full benefits, including full health care. Of course, the next year they took that away too. This is Laura from Camas, Washington. My husband is 64 years old and postponing retirement for six more years because of his employer's health insurance. I'm a stay-at-home mom of a 26-year-old daughter with disabilities. We both need his health insurance coverage. And we got this from Anoka, Minnesota. I've never looked for a new job, even though with my skill set, I could get paid more because my current employer offers health insurance. My boss calls it being trapped in a candy-coated prison. My name is Eric. I'm calling from Louisville, Kentucky. And I do get insurance through my employer. When I actually moved across country from Seattle, I opted to step down and take a lesser position in one of our local locations. Due to the benefits package, um, so far it far outweighs any other one that I have found. Um, and I work for a major retailer. My wife, who happens to work for the healthcare company that I get my benefits through, has a benefit package that doesn't even come close to mine. This is Ava from Amherst. My employer offers health insurance. I'm working full-time and in graduate school full-time. I want to reduce my hours at work, but if I do, I will lose my health insurance. I cannot sign up for health insurance through my school until the fall. Talk about a rock and a hard spot. That sounds like one, Ava. Does medical insurance have you stuck at your job? Have you ever turned down a job? because of health coverage. From Austin, Texas, I once turned down a higher-paying job because the difference in benefits between the higher-paying job and the job I already had. I could have made more money, but knowing we were pregnant and expecting a hospital delivery and a stay, I could see the medical expenses in the new job would be much higher than in the old one. And we got this from Winter Park, Florida. My wife is leaving her job with benefits, and I will put her on my plan. The health benefits are her biggest reservation about leaving that old job. It takes away too much life energy that we have to worry about this at our stage of life, or at any stage of life for that matter. Do you feel stuck in your current job because of health coverage? Call us at 8778-MY-TAKE. Join this conversation on our Facebook page or at the website at thetakeaway.org.